Infinity Games Podcast. Welcome to the Infinity Games Podcast. This is episode 20, two zero, all the zeros, all the twos, actually only one two and one zero. I'm Calrix King. And I'm Jukebox Hero, and I'm going to say, if you put a decimal in there, you can put as many zeros as you want. Sweet fucking Jesus, consider it done. <laughs> this is just going to be episode 20.00. Goddamn. Dig it. Are we doing the stuff in the things? Uh, what we're doing today is then and now, and our main topic is going to be genres that we hate and will never play again. Woohoo! Lord knows I got a few of those. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so, then and now. I don't actually have any music, never mind. <laughs> Just leaving a pause in there for um we're discussing the physical media of games back in the eighties all the way up until now. Cartridges versus versus discs. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna point one thing out real fast. What that cartridges were durable. Yes, my It's God. like, oh no, I left my copy of Mario 64 out for the last four years. I'm going to blow on it and plug it in. Yeah. Oh, look, it still works fucking perfect. Oh no, my disc accidentally fell half an inch and landed on the floor. Well, guess I can't save past fucking Port Royal and Kingdom Hearts 2 anymore. <laughs> That's that, how that shit fucking happens. That was oddly specific. Did that happen? No, but it was like I just—it was what I had in in mind. Okay, here's a testament to uh, how strong cartridges are. Fuck, I can't remember his name. I think it was Luke Morse. He found an NES in a barn that he was pretty sure went through a flood, like like a sewer backing up type of flood. So it was like filled with literal shit and rusted oh. over several several years like decades he cleaned it out and it still fucking worked goddamn fucking put a disc through that i dare you yeah no kidding just dunk it in your toilet and throw it into a barn maybe maybe don't do that nah well i mean who needs another copy of mega man legends or you know sweep it into Fuck, what else is a rare game? Lunar. <laughs> Lunar. <laughs> Just test it out with those really rare games, because you know when they're rare, they're made of better stuff, right? Apparently. <laughs> don't, don't tell people that. Somebody might actually believe you. Oh, God, please don't. <laughs> no, so I have a little story about cartridges, because before the Wii U came out, or even when they showed off the fucking, you know, gamepad controller with the screen and everyone thought it was like an accessory for the Wii even yeah. back then I was like okay I will not be surprised and I really want the next system to have cartridges cause fuck discs we have reached the point where flash memory is so fast and can hold so much data that there's no reason to even have fucking discs anymore I love that and you know what we didn't get it on the Wii U but we got it on the Switch and I was like called it Called it fucking seven years in advance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
It felt like an inevitability. I love that, I know this is a little off topic, but I love that the fucking little Switch games have a fucking coating on them that tastes bad. Yeah, it's like some sort of so they, benzene solution. So that your fucking animals don't eat them. Lord knows your animals will still probably eat them, though. Yeah, and your little kids don't choke on them or some shit. Yeah. Little Billy's you know, just lawsuit. a little special in the head and wants to play one two switch. <laughs> lawsuit, law, yeah, lawsuit uh, protection. Because that's literally what happened. Nintendo was like, "Okay, if somebody chokes on one of these, <laughs> we need backup. We need plausible deniability here, folks." Yeah, no kidding. Well, at least they're covering their asses. But like, it's kind of weird to consider a uh, like little SD card like a cartridge at this point. But the DS has been doing it for years. Yeah. I fucking love it, though. Me too. Love me some DS. So, Kelrix, can you tell me the three different types of discs? Fuck you, no, I can't. <laughs> okay, so there was the optical disc that uh, the GameCube and the Wii used. So they were... Yeah, they, yeah, that one. Yeah, so there was that, and then there was the actual optical disc, like CD-ROMs. And then there was uh, DVD ROMs. Holy fuck, there's more than I thought. Never mind, because there's also Blu-ray, and there's HD optical disc for Nintendo. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay, so we'll start at the beginning. Uh, Dreamcast used GD-ROM. PS1 used CD-ROM. Um, what is that, 700 megabytes of data per disc? I don't fucking know. Okay, so it's a, a lot more than a cartridge held, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. So it's like 700 megabytes. That's why Final Fantasy VII and a couple of those other PS1 games had to be across multiple discs. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it was a lot, but it wasn't nearly enough. And CD quality and DVD quality is more or less the same. They started using DVDs on... Uh... What the... Oh, I'm getting messaged by someone else. Um, fuck, fuck the what? Yeah, fuck the what? Wait. Yeah, okay, I got a stupid story interlude. FTW for the win? For the longest time, I thought it was fuck the what? And I said it frequently. Oh. Because I knew WTF, and I thought people were just being stupid and typing it too fast or something. And then I didn't hear yeah. for the win until, like, a year later. I was like, what, nice. what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky, you're cute. <laughs> yeah, no one would love me otherwise. <laughs> nope. Okay, yeah. So Definitely not. Fuck you. CD-ROMs. <laughs> DVD-ROMs, which is more or less a CD-ROM with more space. Optical discs. This was Nintendo's way of saying fuck you when they switched from cartridges to discs. Because they didn't want to be pirated, and they didn't want to use the same fucking medium as everyone else. That medium, though. Well, you know the fucking GameCube ones, right? They were like a mini-disc. Yeah, that always messed with me. It is weird. I always thought, how do they store more memory with smaller space? Denser data. Yeah. For, for all you dense motherfuckers. 
I'm a dense motherfucker. <laughs> we all are. But no, and then uh, they started switching over to Blu-rays, and Blu-ray is amongst the discs like the greatest fucking thing ever because it's way more scratch resistance. Yeah. Yeah, and like not to mention 25 to 50 gigabytes of space on one disc. Mm-hmm, it's nuts. Yeah. Calrix, hit, hit, hit me with some knowledge here. I don't really have any. All I have are, is opinions. Oh, okay, then hit me with opinions. I wish... It's, <laughs> it's just... It's like, I like the benefits of a CD. Like, they're pretty obvious. You have more space. They're easier to store. I mean, arguably. Right? Yeah. It's... But I miss... I so very much miss... Back when you didn't literally have a heart attack from dropping a game. <laughs> you know? Like, I hate yes. that shit. It's like, I go to, like, take Destiny out of my PS4 to put fucking Final Fantasy XII in. I drop Destiny, and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. This is how it ends. This is how it fucking ends. And I pick it up, and it's like picking up your phone after you drop it. You're like, it's fucked. It's fucked. It's fucked. Oh, thank God. It's fine. Oh, my God, dude. My, like, mom, my mom dropped her new iPhone 7 Plus today. Oh, rip. As, as we were leaving the restaurant to go buy a case for it. Oh, <laughs> if that isn't like the definition of irony, I don't know what is. Yeah, no kidding. Actually, there's an Alanis Morissette song all about that. <laughs> that Alanis Morissette song is bullshit. It's there's no irony in anything she says. You, you know what isn't bullshit? Oh, I know exactly what you're about to say. The fucking Bo Burnham irony song. <laughs> that thing is magic. Isn't it? Ironic? It's so true like black and white with a little bit of gray for hermaphrodite oh wait no that was men and women dude i always get those two fucking songs messed up his his ironic song and men and women because they use the same fucking melody yeah god damn i i I know my favorite my favorite ones in the uh irony song he does are like it's like seeing a fire truck on fire (laughs) or a um Shit, what's another what he does? There's really another what he does. Remember. It's so for it's so perfect. If you want an actual like song all about irony, go listen to that. It's fucking perfect. It's like a homeless man begging for change, finding a bag full of gold and slowly finding out that they're all filled with chocolate. And yeah. he's he's upset but he's glad because he doesn't have money but he still has something to eat or whatever the fuck. Yeah. He just like, rambles on that one. It's great. Yeah, no, like the fucking Atlantis Morissette where it's like it's like rain on your wedding day that's not ironic that's just shitty yeah there's there's nothing in the world that is like oh nope don't worry kids your wedding day will definitely be sunny there's literally zero chance of it raining and then it fucking rains then it'd be ironic yeah uh, if, it, you, if you were doing your wedding inside and it rained then it'd be ironic that actually happened to my sister it, it like oh the sprinklers went off no it downpoured oh shitty i mean she was in the church but it was it was like it was the old wooden church in uh fort edmonton park and you could just see out of the windows the windows were really high up all the water coming down so it was actually pretty uh, pretty I, I think i actually preferred it to if it was like bright shiny sun because nice. it just looked cool <laughs> it looks nice Okay, cartridges and discs, man. I miss, I, like I was saying, I miss, I genuinely miss how durable cartridges were. Because it was like, 
It was like, shit, I want to play Contra, not Mega Man 2. Oh, fuck, I just dropped Contra off a building. That's fine. Oh, look, the the edge is chipped. (laughs) Whatever. I mean... I mean, okay, we, we referenced him all the fucking time, so we're just going to do it again. If you want to see just how fucking durable NES cartridges te- prob- technically are, go watch the nerds version of Winter Games. Huh. Yeah. He literally does everything possible to that thing, and the only thing that would actually probably 100% guaranteed destroy that game and make it unplayable is putting it in a fire. Yeah, no kidding. He drills a hole through it. That won't do anything unless you drill through the motherboard. You know, fun fact, because I actually saw someone test this. If you drill through the motherboard, as long as you don't hit a trace or, like, an actual, like, chip, it was, it'd still probably work. Well, holy fuck. Right? That's just absurd. Yeah, no kidding. Um. Oh, no, never mind. It's a uh, hammer. Hammer time? Yeah, hammer time. Get your parachute pants on. Yes. So, okay, here's a downside to cartridges. Game saves. The batteries die. This is true. Though, if you think of, like, the N64, Mm -hmm. they also had a memory card. That's true. Though, I never understood why. You know what uh, I mean? Because I think, well, yeah, I, yeah, think I, I used it, but like, the cartridges always just saved my stuff, so I don't know why I had the memory card in. I don't know. I I was always, yeah, I've always been curious about that. I was always like, but, but why? But, I mean, Whatever. It had it, which was nice, I guess. So Yeah, I guess. So, I mean, there there are solutions. It's kind of like how uh, with, like, your DS or whatever, you play your game and then you save it on your DS. Yeah. But, like, my Pokemon games and, like, Shining Force 2, which I've talked about before, dying, just, like, heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I don't know. It's weird. I just my main thing is it's like just, I I just miss I miss how durable the cartridges were. Like it was fucking awesome. It still is awesome. Yeah. But then it's you also have all the issues. I mean like the batteries and the fucking uh what you call it, dude. The you, other stuff, dude. Uh, you know what? What I like most about cartridges hmm. next to durability and labels. And Labels, sweet god, labels. So you walk into any EB Games, any GameStop right now, you go to their used games, and especially for the seventh gen consoles, Wii, Xbox 360, PS3, the majority of anything that had a cover is cleared out. So now you get these generic cases with a generic GameStop insert on them. And you yep. can't, they're hard as fuck to read, and they look like shit. If yep. they were cartridges, you'd still have a fucking label you could look at. You wouldn't yep. care that the case or box was missing. Label might be torn up a tiny bit, but it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. You got to do a lot to those labels to actually take them off, though. Like, I know yes. I know a lot of kids, like, ripped off their Game Boy ones for whatever reason. Oh, my brother did that all the time, and it 
fucking oh i i almost strangled him yeah because i remember you're like pokemon blue or something was missing the label sapphire sapphire yeah yep sapphire no i i, I swear i remember one of the game boy ones was like ripped might, off might have been but um i know for sure that uh whatchamacallit bleh 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 the one stuff and things the one. god damn it um Hamtaro. <laughs> Hamtaro? Hamtaro. I missed that show. All 300 episodes of it. All 300 episodes. There's like, um, there's legit like 296 episodes or something. Yeah, it's actually absurd. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Not, dude. not, not kind of insane. Fucking insane. Fucking batshit crazy. Yes. Where where were we going with this? I don't know. Okay, then I'm just going to move on to a little thing. Um, Do it. So cartridges, discs, Nintendo and their own fucking proprietary fucking discs, Dreamcast and their own fucking proprietary discs, which were actually easier to bootleg. Downloads. Downloads? Yep. Then versus now. Used to be cartridges, used to be discs, now it's downloads. Goddamn. Right? Like, we don't even own anything anymore. Fucking crazy. Right? Like, I was watching something. What was it? It was the WAN show, the WAN show and they were talking about how Netflix and stuff and how no one buys Blu-rays, no one buys DVDs, everyone has, you know, streaming subscriptions and stuff. Yeah. And then they were like, Oh, by the way, all these movies that you loved that were streaming that you got the Netflix account for aren't there anymore, and now you can't watch them. Bastards. Suck a dick. <laughs> so, with downloadable games, I experienced this with the Simpsons arcade game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, and Scott Pilgrim vs. The World the Game. I miss Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. But, like, those games are no longer on Xbox Live or PSN+. Plus. And they never had a physical Stupid. copy, so... I mean, unless you downloaded it back in the day, there's no way to get it. I don't like Bastard. downloads. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always just a convenience thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... I don't know. It's like, I've done a couple of, like, download games my huge issue with like downloading games on your system like off like PSN store or whatever is all your memory like bye bye yeah no kidding especially it's for like, like new AAA titles like indie games aren't that bad but like oh yeah it's like if I want to get like Journey or something it's like man whatever who the fuck cares it's like ooh I can spare 20 megabytes <laughs> yeah, wh- but, wasn't The Witcher 3 like 80 fucking gigabytes uh I know Destiny 1 currently with all the DLCs and stuff, it's currently like a grand total of like 64 or something. Oh, God. I don't know how big The Witcher is exa- exactly. I don't think it's that big, but I could be wrong. Well, I know it's like tens of gigabytes. I just, you know, I'm going to search it up right now because I know there was a game. I remember hearing about it being like, oh, by the way, if you download this on your PC, it's 80 fucking gigabytes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's insane. Games that are 40 to 60. 
I was gonna say I could check, but I'm pretty sure I deleted The Witcher off my system. Yeah. Final Fantasy 13 is 60 gigabytes. The Forgotten is... <sighs> okay, dude, so... Before I got my internet upgraded to what I'm sure a lot of people in first world countries would still consider to be shit internet, mm -hmm. we had five megabyte download speed and one megabyte upload. Oh, brutal. So one time, sister's boyfriend at the time was here with his laptop and he bought a game and decided to download it. It was 35 gigabytes and it took three days. Oh. Literally three days. We need Korean internet speeds. Are they like, are they like amazing? They're a bare minimum of like twenty megabytes per second. Oh, that's nice. Cause yeah, we got upgraded, and I think we're at. I don't know. It's somewhere between fifteen and twenty-five. It kind of fluctuates. I think they advertise it as twenty-five, but I never get that speed. Yeah. Yeah, whereas in, like, my sister's apartment, they're all dealing with 150. I mean, the university has enterprise internet, so it, in some spots you can actually get, like, 300. I think you said you were getting, like, 50. My girlfriend gets, like, 50. Yeah, I don't know. They're, all I know is it's pretty shit. Yeah. Okay, anyways, are we done with then and now? I think so. Main thing, cartridge durability was the tits, but you, they they had so many issues, aka saving. Um, that's like the only one. <laughs> that's pretty much the only one is saving and Maybe overall space. memory. <laughs> yeah, space. You could argue, but I I feel that like was these then, days, though, but not now. Aha! Uh -huh. Yeah, because now they have more space, and saving is irrelevant. <laughs> yep. Still a bummer. Yeah. I wish I wish we could somehow get cartridges again that had the capabilities of uh you know the thing. The thing? <laughs> what the, the fuck the are you saying? <laughs> I wish we had I wish we could have cartridges that were just as durable with the labels and all the other goodness, but had the saving and uh the saving capabilities and the memory capabilities of the of like Blu ray discs. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I can dream. Well, I mean, that's more or less SD cards right now. Dude, you know what's kind of crazy? What's that? I was just at Walmart, and I was so tempted to buy a fucking USB stick. Why? Because, okay, back in the day, uh, my hard drive was 74 gigabytes, and 20 of that was taken up by programs in the operating system, and the other 50 was completely filled with music, and I was like, how the fuck can I hold more music on my computer? So I went out to buy a USB stick, probably back uh -huh. in like 2010, and I remember it costing me $40 to get a 16 gigabyte stick. God damn. I went into Walmart today. For $4.88 fucking cents, you can get a 16 gigabyte stick that is USB 3.0. Okay. USB 3.0 is like five times faster than 2.0. Goddamn. Yeah, it, sorry, it's just important to me. I was like, you mean I can transfer files between my computers five times faster now? Yeah. 
because my god getting them on the home group sometimes is just a pain so like when I put music on my dad's computer like when I record vinyl for him I usually put Mm -hmm. it on a USB and then I put it on his computer that way okay (sighs) it would just be nice we can dream yeah we can we can dream jukebox oh dude did you hear about uh, they made a new magnetic tape that can that, that can fit 300 terabytes of data in like one square inch of space that's absurd yeah it's ridiculous oh wait I think I saw that it was captioned on Facebook. It was like, this piece of tape could hold 80,000 movies. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> and I kept scrolling. So, I don't know about that, but I'm talking like, it's, it's a real thing. It Think of like a cassette, except it's one inch by one inch. Okay. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know what they did with the tape. It's some sort of new chemical construction. They say it's going to cost a ridiculous amount of money at the time because of how complicated it's... Uh, manufacturing processes but this is like archival shit so like if you have a server with 400 terabytes of fucking user data or something because you're facebook or something crazy like that you can all of a sudden store backups in a one inch fucking space goddamn right that's insane yeah I can't wait till they make it usable by, like, real people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not the algorithm. I wish. You know, it's kind of funny. Hmm. The last uh, TBD podcast we recorded, uh, Distinct Kusai was telling me about how Facebook created an AI program. And... Hey. Oh, I remember reading about this. Yeah, and they set it up on two computers, and then it started talking to them, each other, in their own language. <laughs> yeah, so they were like, hey, we gotta shut this shit down. We got Skynet for me. <laughs> uh, I thought it was hilarious. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. I read that the other day. I laughed, too. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, he kept going on and on about it, like, Skynet, Skynet, Skynet. And I'm just sitting here like, okay, they built a program. And it's not doing what they wanted it to do, therefore they shut it down. There's literally nothing scary about that. <laughs> yeah. But no, they got to add a human element and be like, no, that means it's evil. And I'm like, no, stop it. Bad reporting. <laughs> exactly. Main topic? But um, Main topic. Okay, you bring us into this because it was your idea. Motherfucker. Click it. <laughs> Okay, so I thought it'd be an interesting idea because Jukebox and I have literally talked for the past 19 episodes about awesome stuff in gaming for the most part. I mean, we've talked about the joys that is ukulele. We picked apart the couple of things that were a little lackluster with Breath of the Wild. We've... Honestly, we complained a lot, but we bitch because we care. Exactly. So now we're going to bitch. We're going (laughs) to bitch and get angry because we literally don't fucking care. We're going to talk about genres of gaming gaming or games in general that we just don't ever want to play again or just have no fucks about ever again. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this off by surprising a lot of people. I have talked about the Tales series not as much as I'd want to, but I just don't fucking care anymore. Really? I don't care. I'm not buying another one until they 
fucking fix them. Really? Yes. What was the last one you bought? Zestiria. Okay, so there's... I played, it for, I played it for six hours, put it away, and I never touched it ever again. I was disgusted. So, what's come out since? Is there Zestiria 2? Was there Berserker? Berseria came out. Okay, and you didn't get that one? Admittedly, no. I thought about it. Admittedly, I watched Shady Penguin. He played Berseria for a while. It looks better than what the other ones, than what like the past like four before that have been. But it's still, it's still just not good. God here's, awful compared to what it used to be. Because here's my thing, and it, like, I agree to a degree it's not fair to be this kind of uh, an opinion person, blah, blah, blah. But I don't give a fuck about the Tales series until they go back to what they used to be. And I know that sounds kind of cliched, but you have to take into consideration other more popular franchises that have crashed and burned because they've decided to turn from the formula. Look at Pokemon Sun and Moon. I didn't fucking care. I played that whole game. I felt no joy at the end of it. Pokemon Sun and Moon didn't sell as much as X and Y. It was like the first time that the numbers didn't go up in a main series title. Yeah. You want to know why? Because there weren't fucking gym leaders. There was no entertainment value. There was no goal to go towards. And they held your hand to whatever goal there may have been. Oh, sweet God. We need to have like a whole episode on this. <laughs> We're going to have a whole episode when Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon comes out because goddamn, I'm still going to buy it. I'm not. Fuck that. <laughs> I'll buy it. I'll tell you if it got any better or not. Okay, I'll watch people online play it. <laughs> Yay. There will be more than enough streamers playing it. That's for sure. Because um, g- so like look at what happened. Like Pokemon is one of the single biggest franchises in the fucking world. Anybody who tells you any differently is a stupid, misinformed idiot. (laughs) Pokemon is fucking huge. There's goddamn, like, National Pikachu Day in fucking Japan, for Christ's sake. Anyways. Yeah, and... So... Fuck. So, fucking, the Tales series... Uh, let me pull up a list real quick. Uh... Tales what was the series. last great Tales game you'd say? Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> okay, because I have the feeling you're going to say, like, Symphonia, which was on the Wii, which was, like, what, nine games Graces. ago? Graces. Graces. Oh, so that's a little more recent. Graces was borderline, too. Graces came out in 2009. And Grace, Tales of Graces started moving towards how the games play now. Because um, it had it had what was called a CC gauge, so you can just spam endless combos. So it would essentially be like the more powerful an attack was, the more CC it would take. So it's like I can either use if I have twelve CC total, I can either use an attack that costs three C or three CC. I could use it four times, or I could use twelve in a row that cost one. But each individual attack that only costs one is going to be weaker, right? So you had another. You had to really, like, build combos and, like, decide, like, what was important, etc., etc. And it was fun. I played it back to front. I had fun. Then I got Tales of Exilia, and I hated the ever-living Christ out of it. God, because so long ago. It, it was button-mashy bullshit. Dude, I remember you bitching about this like it was yesterday. Dude, I was so <laughs> mad. 
Because Graces came out in 09. Zelia came out in 2011. So it had been two years since I got a new one. I was shitting my pants. I was so excited. It looked so pretty. And then they made the fucking combat area so small. I got into a boss fight at one point. I'm pretty sure I won by fluke. Because I literally, if I tried to run in any direction, I'd run into my teammates and then eat an attack. Lame. The combat area was so insanely fucking small. I played through maybe 15 hours that game, put it down, never picked it up again. I don't care. Then Zelia 2 came out, and I was like, oh my god, maybe it'll be better. Redemption, Got please. It. Got it, played it. It was better than Zelia, or Ixelia, or however you want to pronounce it. It was better than the first one, but still trash. It was still trash. Then Zysteria came out, and it was Zysteria was like Sun and Moon of the Tales series. Like, it was so hand-holdy and so easy. Like, they introduced this concept where your main character is called the Shepherd, and he can fuse with spirits... Which was super cool. So, like, he just fought with a sword, and then if he fused with the water spirit, he got, like, this really badass, like, bow that shot, like, water arrows and shit. If he fused with the fire spirit, he got this giant flaming, like, broad, claymore broadsword. Like, it was super cool. The problem was, as soon as you fuse with a spirit, you're on fucking super easy mode. Like, I... I get into a fight with enemies. Literally, I could get into a fight with five enemies, not do any fusions, and fight. The, the, the fight will challenge me. Well, not like not necessarily quote-unquote challenge me, but like, it's like the fight isn't a cakewalk. Like, I still have to be like, okay, combos. Like, I need arts that turn into other arts, and I need, like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like a real RPG. Like a real fucking RPG. And then I could get into the same fight with the same amount of the same enemies, fuse... And I'm done the fight in five seconds. Yeah. So you just walk it was, through everything. It was literally fucking easy mode. Like a blind monkey could have beat that game. So I just put it down for simple fact that I felt I felt like a five-year-old. You're just like insulted as a gamer. Yeah. So this is fucking three games back-to-back in one of my favorite series of all time that I've just felt, I felt like I, want, I needed to puke. So Berseria came out and I was like, no. I was like, I'm not even entertaining the fucking idea of buying this. What came out the same day? I'm going to find out. What came out the same day? Because something released the exact same day and I bought that instead. I feel like I remember this. It wasn't Destiny, was it? It wasn't Destiny, no. January. That is not how you spell January. So you, you know what? I feel like the way you feel about the Tales series is how a lot of people feel about like movies from the eighties that are getting sequels and stuff. And and yep. and as much as it hurts, you might have to approach it the way I do because I know people will be like, "Oh, the first three Indiana Jones were like the greatest shit ever," and then you know, Crystal Skulls came out and it's hot trash, and I can't believe they do that to the series or like Star Wars where they're like. You know, episode four was amazing. Episode five was okay. It was a good sequel. Episode six was hot trash because of the Ewoks. All the prequels are hot trash. All the Clone Wars is hot trash because it's animated. All the books are hot trash because they're trying to detract us from the movies. All the comics are hot trash because they detracted us. And uh, seven was all right, but it's still hot trash. 
because it was a ripoff of number four, and I'm like, <laughs> whoa! Liter- literally the Star Wars fandom right there. They care about two movies, and that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. So, okay, this but is no, what happened. You, you gotta, like, be like, okay, this was what came out, and it's amazing, and all this other trash that came after it is not for me, and I'll appreciate what was there and never touch it again. So... This this is this is how little how how much I just genuinely was like I'm not fucking buying this game. Tales of Berseria came out the same day as Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8. Right. I literally played Kingdom Hearts 2.8 for four hours, and I felt like I spent more I spent my money better than had I bought Tales of Berseria. Good choices were made that day. I dropped $80 on a Kingdom Hearts game because it came with a little four-hour mini-gameplay thing of Aqua in the Realm of Darkness that ran on Unreal Engine 4. So it was the closest thing we were getting to the time of Kingdom Hearts 3. And it was pretty. And it was gorgeous. So pretty. And it played good, and it was fun, and I I dropped $80 on a four-hour game, essentially. And I felt like I spent my money better than if I'd bought in Tales of Berseria. That's how much I just do not fucking care about that series anymore. Tales of Symphonia is still like my all-time favorite fucking game. That game is all kinds of magic and perfection. And if they ever remaster that for the PS4 for whatever reason, I will buy that shit in a fucking heartbeat. Hold on. Didn't they make uh, Tales of Symphonia Chronicles or something on the PS3? They sure did. Was that a remake? No, no. It was a. It was. It was just a remaster. But what they did is they remastered the PS2 version of Tales of Symphonia. Okay. So it was awesome because we, there was a whole extra special dungeon that we didn't get in the GameCube version. Also, in the GameCube version, none of the characters have Mystic Arts. Okay. Except Lloyd. Lloyd's you can trigger if you know exactly what to do and meet very specific conditions. A couple of the other characters have very, very specific, like, chance-based ones. But in the PS2 version, every character actually got a Mystic Art, which is essentially like your super attack or whatever, right? Okay. So we got more. It looked prettier. And it also came with the second Tales of Symphonia game with just hot trash. I'm not talking about it. It's Okay, it's not hot trash, but it's not good. Yeah. If somebody was like, I want to play a Tales game, I'd be like, here are nine others to play before you touched Tales oh, of Symphonia 2. <laughs> um, I forgot to tell you, because I was at Walmart earlier. All, oh, of, shit. all of the Animal Crossing amiibos are on clearance if you ever wanted any. Nope. Okay. Just, just mentioning <laughs> it. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at Mr. Rossetti. He's like $3.80. And I was like... I like Mr. Rossetti, but I don't care about Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, also, just to kind of... Hold on. Also, oh, go ahead. Uh, Cloud, Bayonetta, and Corrin came out, apparently. Well, if you find them at any point, get them for me. Like all three? <laughs> yes. Okay, done. If I find them. And I will give you cash ASAP. Okay. Do I still owe you money for an Amiibo? No. No, I think I, yeah, I cleared my debt. Yeah, you cleared your debt. But anyways, um, hot trash. just to hit, <laughs> hot trash. Also, just to hit home how much I love this series from the bottom of my heart, I literally went and bought an Xbox 360 for a single game. 
<laughs> it was yes. for Tales of Asperia. It was literally the only thing that I got in Xbox 364. It is to this day the only thing that I have a fuck to give about on my 360. Need those uh, maids with balloons. <clears throat> Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm pretty sure that's a mini game. Oh Jesus Christ! It's a uh, it's a downloadable game on Xbox Live. God damn it! So the developers actually were interviewed on the All Gen Gamers podcast, but more or less, it is like a joke fetish game where they were intentionally trying to make it such hot trash that it was like comparable to like Philips CDI games, like Plumbers Without Ties or whatever. Oh, beautiful. Like, they were going for that level, and they were doing it intentionally as, like, a joke, pretty much. And then it was, like, successful enough for them to, like, make their money back and everything. It was kind of funny. That's actually awesome. Yeah. One one more quick thing I'll mention about the Tales series, and then we'll... <laughs> move on. We'll move on to, like, what, what Jukebox never wants to play again, because I have a few more, but I'll let Jukebox get a turn. Tales is an awesome series... In general, because most of the time when uh, when a series first game comes out, it's very hit or miss. It has a lot of like it has a lot of issues, right? Most of the time, at least, like yeah. Destiny Destiny One comes out, and that's a more modern game. It had a lot of issues. Fucking back when Pokemon Red and Blue came out, if you actually like look at it from a like a professional standpoint these days, it has nothing but problems. Literally half of the Pokemon in that game are completely fucking useless. Yeah, if you their if stats, you, yeah, if you're like, like their a stats kid don't and, line up with yeah, and you catch a you fucking go Cater, <laughs> if, you, if you're a fucking kid and you catch a Caterpie, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna have the greatest fucking butterfree ever. And then you get to the end of the game, you're at like the elite four, and it literally can't do anything. Yep, pretty much. It's like okay, maybe I can at least put him to sleep. It's like nah, you can't. You ain't fast enough. <laughs> You want to know why? Because sleep powder is only 55% accurate. That too. Because <laughs> it sucks. So, I mean, you're at, you're at the start of the game, you get your starter, you get a Pidgey, and that's like fucking it until you're halfway in. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go catch Legends. Well, sorry, your Legends don't learn good moves. I hope you have TM saved up. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, good for you. You got a Zapdos. Can you teach it Thunder or Thunderbolt? No, you're stuck with Thundershock then. <laughs> good luck. Oh, what's this? You you got a Beedrill? Well, here's the problem. There's literally only one bug-type move in the entire fucking game. Okay, dude, do you remember the Game Grumps? How they were playing yes. uh, Leaf Green or whatever, and they're like, Yes, yes we're going we're gonna to beat the Elite Four with just Beedrill. And it took them oh, a Christ. fucking year before they did it. Cause I mean, see, at least Beedrill had moves. Well, to at least a he degree, had options. Okay, he, at that point, <laughs> Ego Raptor Aaron would like never fucking admit it. He it was always the big joke. He's like, "No, Beedrill's the best. He's the absolute best." And then he would like just die instantly and stuff. It's like, and Dan's like, "No, he looks he looks to be really garbagey to me." And he's like, "No, it's the best. He's the best Pokemon." And then in like some episode of something else, they're like. Hey, do you remember like six months ago when my friend offered to, you know, grind up your Beedrill for you so you could actually finish this fucking game? It's like, oh that. yeah, that was a long time ago. And he's like, I remember you telling me, you know, off camera, because you'd never fucking admit it, that you you need to beat it with Beedrill, but you can't because Beedrill is the fucking worst. <laughs> 
Let's 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 so talk funny. about this for let's talk about this for a second. B drill is so trash that I could beat the Elite Four with a level one Aeron before I would beat the Elite Four with a level one hundred B drill. That's how shit B drill is. Yeah. I'm not fucking kidding. <laughs> it's, it's it's I could it's those I weird fucking sweat. loopholes like beating the Elite Four with nothing but a Magikarp. Yeah, or sweeping a team of legends with nothing but a Magikarp. Right. Anyways, real quick, because I'm just, I'm on this topic now. <laughs> Mega Drill is actually awesome. Yeah, he's fucking badass. I was happy he's when they made him. stupid powerful. But like, back to how shit red and blue <laughs> actually are, real quick. At least in competitive stances. For just real quick, how semi shitty Pokemon was until the fourth fucking generation. Oh, until God. the fourth generation, Pokemon moves did not have a physical special split. So, for example, Fire Punch and Flamethrower in Generation 1 both went off your special stat. Think about that for a second. My fist in your face, and it's not being taken out of my physical strength stat. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense from a semantics point, but it may have just been a really bad word for it. You know when you're like sitting there and it's like, what is a word that I'm trying to think of for this thing, but all I can think of is net. When when, (laughs) what you really want to say is, like, cage or something. Uh, That's probably what happened. Because if you look at it from the point that Fire Punch and Flamethrower are both fire moves, they are special to that Pokemon because it's a fire type. Exactly. Not not in the sense that this one physically hits someone and this one fucking specially hits someone, I guess. (laughs) And so that... That makes it okay, because for example, if you have a Charizard, he already has a really high special stat. So him being a fire type, where all of his stab fire type moves work off of his already high special stat, that's awesome. It means Flamethrower and Fire Punch are going to go off of, his, off of his highest stat, which is a special stat, and because he's a fire type, he also gets stab, and because his moves are fire type, they go off his special stat. So it all works out. But then you have to look at a couple of Pokemon, like, one of my favorite examples is Arcanine. Arcanine has wicked high speed, he has really decent attack, but his special stat's pretty lackluster. So, for the first three generations, he was kind of trash, because any fire move you put on him ran off the lower stat. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, so in generation four, we get the physical special split, and then it's like, holy fuck, I can teach my Arcanine Flare Blitz. It's actually going to go off of his high attack stat, and he suddenly matters. I mean, you know, it's kind of garbagey, but at the same time, for those first three generations, you just worked off of a different system. It's not like the system was necessarily bad. I mean, okay, it was from a competitive standpoint, (laughs) but like, you can still work around it and be like, okay. I'm going to go for someone with high special attack so I can use, you know, the stab moves. I yeah. mean, th- those were your solutions. It wasn't like, oh shit, I can't use like my favorite Pokemon because his physical attack is absolute ass and all he knows is body slam. It was like, yeah, you know, 
Um, it got better. A couple of like, you know. a couple better examples of just like how how certain Pokemon really got screwed over again. Like Beedrill was trash because there's only a single Bug type move in the game, and it has like a base power of ten. So it was just incredibly weak. He also learned. <laughs> Yeah, no, not quite. But <laughs> more like twin twin needle to be specific. But yeah. then you look at like an actually really good Pokemon, Gengar. Gengar's insane. Like He's Gengar. fast as shit. His special defense is awesome. His special stat in red and blue is through the fucking roof. Like he's an incredibly strong Pokemon. But the only ghost type move that doesn't deal set damage is Dream Eater. So you have to, to land asleep. a hypnosis. <laughs> yeah, you have to land hypnosis, which is a 60% chance to hit. So you're probably going to miss three times first. Then you maybe get one or two dream eaters off. And sure, they hit really hard, but ghost type moves were also bugged in the first gen. So they were literally only effective against other ghost type Pokemon. They were supposed to be super effective against psychic types, but because they fucked up the coding, psychic type moves are super effective against ghost types. That's why psychic types are so broken in red and blue. Like, you, like, you get a Hypno or an Alakazam, you walk the entire game. Yeah, no kidding. Like, nothing stands up to you because nothing resists you, and the only two types that are supposed to be super effective against psychic type Pokemons, which were ghost types, which are bugged and don't work the way they're supposed to do, and bug type moves, of which there's literally, again, only a single one of in the entire game, and is only learned by, like, the fucking worst Pokemon in the game. <laughs> psychic types are OP. Sabrina yeah. was garbage to fight against. Agreed. Anyways, moving on. Jukebox, what aren't you playing ever again? Okay, so it's kind of funny because you came up with this like a week ago and you messaged me and you said genres we never will play again. So I was getting prepared to talk about like sports games and stuff, but then you were talking about a series. So more yeah, accurately, we're talking about series <laughs> that we'll never play again. Also genres because I agree with Jukebox, though I'm not. I fuck sports games. <laughs> yeah, so okay, let me think about this for a little bit. I will. I messed I will, up. I got really into it. I know. I will never play Final Fantasy again, or not for the foreseeable future, because I like the two D Final Fantasy games. Like I, I, so, I wouldn't care if they were even sprite based anymore. But like the only main ship games that are coming out anymore for Final Fantasy are, you know, full three D open world bullshit with action RPG fight systems. Even if you gotta, like, you know, maybe wait your turn once in a while or select an enemy, it's fucking action-oriented. It's not turn-based. It pisses me I off. I understand. I, I totally get it. So, like, it it pretty much became the complete opposite of what I care about in RPG games. So, let, let, me, let me give an example. Let's say they were like, hey, we're remaking Final Fantasy VI. Which would be amazing. Which would be amazing. We're giving it full 3D graphics. We're literally overhauling the entire game. Like, we're literally, like, remaking, like, Final Fantasy... We're doing it to the equivalent that they're remaking Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. But it's still 100% turn-based combat. Yeah, see, I'd be all the fuck about that. And if I had a PS5 or whatever the fuck is out at that point, I would get it. 
Okay, so it's just that as long as the Final Fantasy games are doing the action RPG blah 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 thing, you just have zero fucks to give. Pretty much. I also have zero fucks to give. Like, from, like, an I care standpoint, but I still find them entertaining. Like, I really enjoyed playing through Final Fantasy XV. Yeah. I did. It was a really, really fun game, except for Chapter Thirteen. They patched that because it was so shitty. Um, But I do agree. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of disappointed that they're finally remaking Final Fantasy VII. We all lose our goddamn minds. And then, and it's, then it's action RPG. Yeah. And it's like, dude. It's episodic and it's action RPG. And I'm like, man. can you? I mean. <laughs> okay, so. Because there's two ways to remake something. You're remaking it for the people who had it to begin with. Or you're remaking it for the people who you gained into your series since then. And I mean, ever since like number 10. It's been nothing but action RPG-ish type bullshit, right? Uh, 12 and 13 were still turn-based. Were they? Because I played a little bit of 12, and the first thing it did was, like, lock onto this rat. Follow it. And well, I'm like, yeah, this okay. is not. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy 12 is a little borderline. It's still, it still, ha- it still focuses on, like, an ATB gauge and selecting your spells and all that. It's just that they added in what's called the Gambit system. I think I talked about this a couple episodes back when I ranted about Final Fantasy 12 because I, I love it. I have to play some of that. Maybe I'll do that today. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, Probably back to lol. But they added in a thing called the Gambit system, so you're able to, like, set your characters so that they kind of auto-attack. So I can set my mage so that if she has Libra and it says, hey, this enemy's weak to fire magic, her one gambit will take priority all over all the other ones and use fire magic on that enemy because it's weak to fire. But then if she locks onto a different enemy and it's weak to thunder, she'll use thunder on it yeah. instead of fire. Like, you, So you can set up your gambits so that your characters will target allies with different Okay, let me put it this way oh, because you know I never got anywhere nearly deep enough to start doing that stuff. Is because when I played Final Fantasy twelve, I played through like the tutorial. I was in some like desert town or some shit. You run around and when they're teaching you to battle, it's like lock onto this rat, follow it. So I literally have to follow it. And at that immediate point, I was like, no, fuck this, because what I want is like Dragon Quest ass shit where you're on two sides of the screen and you're not fucking moving <laughs> unless you're attacking. I totally that's no, it, I totally that's what understood. To yeah. I totally understood where you were coming from. I was just saying that Final Fantasy XII, although, yes, it is very much action RPG, it is still half turn-based. Yeah, you have to But I definitely understand... <laughs> yeah, I totally understand how it turned you off of it. Yeah, so... Totally understand. So, if I didn't fucking hate the battle system, I'd probably enjoy the game, but, like, fuck it. The story is really solid. It's just the gameplay that... Yeah, okay. Again, I talked about this a few episodes back. It's like, if anybody came up and they were like, hey, I want to try Final Fantasy. Is this one a good idea? And they held up 12. I'd be like, no, you stupid little bastard. Yeah. And I mean, the very fact that Square Enix was like, hey, you know, we kind of maybe possibly hear you guys and our 3D ones have been doing, you know, kind of mediocre and... You know, maybe we'll give you a chance with another 2D adventure that's turn-based, but we're going to put it on the 3DS so it's not a flagship title or anything, and uh, here you have Bravely Default. Try that. And then it did Goddamn, I fucking love amazing. Game. It's like the best-selling game Bravely that Default. fucking year, and everyone loved it. It got rave reviews, and they're like, oh, you guys still like this. Okay, got it. So they're... Final Fantasy 15. <sighs> no! <laughs> well, at the very least, they 
they released a sequel and now they're working on project octopath which se- which seemed to be uh very turn-based but that was like two e3s ago or something now i'm now gonna look this up because i don't know what this is i remember telling you project about it like three octopath. times i uh, i'm sure you did because i'm sure you because the art style is so fucking cool too it's almost like paper mario-esque but pixely oh yep 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 i remember you telling me about this yeah yeah it's on the switch Oh, it's yep, a, yep, is yep, it yep, actually yep, yep. out? No, it's not out, but it's in development. Yes. Yeah, so, like, I give a fuck about that. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. I just... Oh, so, I can't wrap okay. my head around... Sorry, I can't wrap my head around the Final Fantasy VII remake. Like, why didn't you just make it pretty? Yeah. <laughs> like, just make it pretty. Don't change anything. You, you know what it probably was? is because I said there was two ways to remake one. They're remaking it for the people they've gained since that game came out to use the current mm-hmm. system but also because final fantasy 7 they had to completely remake literally everything because y- you can't like switch between the systems because of how they rendered the graphics mm-hmm. so they couldn't just be like okay we're gonna paint these graphics better they actually have to remake them all so to save themselves time they were probably like okay we can recreate this turn-based system or we can use the system we already have and just save ourselves all that time of coding. Yep. And that was probably like the deciding factor right there. Probably. <sighs> so yeah, I'm probably never playing. You know what, dude? Even if they did remake 6 and they made it fully turn-based and it was 3D or 2.5D or something, I still probably wouldn't play it because 6 still exists. And I own 6. <laughs> I yeah I I understand. I'd, I'd be like, hey, is this in the bargain bin yet? Now I'll play it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what else will I never? Hold on, I'm gonna get up and look at my shelf. Do it. Mario Party. Fuck Mario Party. Ah, I totally agree. <laughs> the last great one was eight, and that was what ten years ago on the Wii. Something like that. Seriously, that that whole series even, has turned to such trash. Even eight, I had a few issues with. Yeah, like what? I hated how like boring the boards were. Yeah. Like, here, have a straight line. Fuck, that was probably hard to design. No, like, I miss, like, I miss when it was, like, Mario Party 2 and 3, where it was, like, multiple paths. You could buy keys to go through different paths and open doors and... Ah! Yeah, and it's... Okay, cause, because we used to play Mario Party 8, like, all the goddamn time. Because that's what Mohawk Man had, and then whenever we had get-togethers at his place, that was, like, the thing to do. Mm-hmm. That's probably why we kind of accustomed it to be like the greatest one. But we always, always, always played that Pirate Bay beach, whatever the fuck it was, where it's literally just a curved line. That oh, it's, I don't know why we played that one all the time. I don't know. But I, I think we literally just played that one for the sake of just like beating the fucking game. Because we, yeah, cause we knew the mini games were what's actually fun. Yeah. Right? So we were like, who cares? Let's just do this one because it's short. We'll get our mini games and we can all go the fuck home. <laughs> yeah. 
because uh, you should like come over one day and we'll play Mario Party 4. Oh, I love Mario Party 4. Because arguably, a lot of people consider that to be the best one. That's the first one on GameCube, right? Yep. 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 Good times. I mean... I think... I think uh, my my old friend Afro Man, yeah. you know who I'm talking yeah. about. He got there's one time where it was our birthday. Fun fact: Afro Man and I are born on the same day. Um, good times, good times. Um, he got like money for his birthday or for Christmas or something, and he was like, "You should come over tonight. I'm gonna go and buy Mario Kart Double Dash with my birthday money." I was like, "Awesome! Like, yeah, to date." Still the best Mario Kart game, in my opinion. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. I love it so much. Um, I got more accustomed so anyways, to it once I owned it. Mario Kart 8 is really good, too, because you can use the fucking gamepad or, what, or a pro controller, and it works really well. But Double Dash, to me, is still the best Mario Kart game they've made just because. Because <laughs> reasons. Um, so I was like, awesome. So him and his mom came to pick me up that night, or whatever. And we get in the car, and I was like, I, I was like, let me see, let me see. And he pulls out Mario Kart. I think it was no, not Mario Kart. Sorry, Mario Party. I think it was five. <laughs> and I was like, This is different, bro. This, this is not Double Dash. And he goes, I know, but this was all I could afford. Double Dash was too expensive. And I was like, Damn. And in my heart, I was so disappointed. And then we played Mario Party Mario Party Five for like six hours straight. So whatever. <laughs> you immediately stopped caring once you were playing. Those dude, those GameCube Mario cards don't fuck or Mario Party. Mario Party. Son of a bitch. <laughs> They're awesome. They They're are. really fucking good. Cause Mario Party Two on N sixty four, in my opinion, still the best Mario Party they ever made. But the GameCube ones are awesome. See, that's the weird thing, because uh, 1, 2, 3 on the N64, everyone, at least our age, is crazy nostalgic for them, because that was, like, what we had as kids, and they were great games, and they sold very well and all that, but, like, the ones on GameCube are just, like, fucking outstanding. Mm -hmm. They, like, took all of the best minigames, they fixed up some of the AI, they made really creative, like, boards and stuff, and they just didn't sell as well. It was kind of sad. So, like, 4 through 7... As you go sequentially up, they increase in value. <laughs> yeah. And then there's eight, which is like the last great one. And then nine immediately turned to trash. And now, and now like everyone's in the same fucking vehicle or something. And you, co right, you collect one... like star bits or whatever to make stars. And the, so the ones on fucking dumb. 3DS are hot trash too. God. Oh, God. It hurts. They just made them so... They, they literally took out all the competition. That's what they did. I mean, it's like, what's a board game? A competition. What do we do here? Give everyone a fair chance. Yeah, everybody gets a participation medal. Ugh. Well, you know, know Nintendo's know, run know, by know, nobody but old men, so you know that makes sense. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know a Greek goddess of victory who would be very, very disappointed with Mario Party games these days. Yeah, no kidding. Anyways... <laughs> Um, and you know it's almost thing, confusing because I think I played ten once, and we were like, "How do you win this?" Yeah, is like, is I it just, the most bits that you collect or something? Like, how do you actually fucking win this? I'm pretty sure it actually does go off of who has the most bits oh, or some God, dumb it, shit like that. It just became stupid. Yep. Okay, what were you but, gonna um, say? I was going to say there's one thing that everybody on this planet will agree on, and that is the two best mini mini games to ever come out of Mario Party. 
Number two, bumper balls. Yeah. Motherfucking love bumper balls. That shit, that shit will make you punch your friend in the face. I love how Luigi literally just stands there. Yes. <laughs> bumper balls is awesome. And number one, number one is the hand job practice mode in Mario Kart 8. Mario Party 8. Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked. Oh my god, dude. Uh, How are no you Mario. even? <laughs> I don't know. Do you need to come over and play Mario Kart? No. <laughs> I don't want to run around a board collecting stars. I, I want to play Mario Party and drive a go-kart. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was about to correct you. <laughs> I didn't realize you are just being an idiot. <laughs> Jesus. Sarcasm. Oh my god. <laughs> You're welcome. This podcast is over. I quit. <laughs> Jukebox, no! Not actually. Oh my god, dude. Next, <laughs> next. now that Jukebox is left, I'm going to be revamping this. This is now the League of Legends podcast. We will be talking about that next week and every week for the foreseeable future. Bye-bye! Kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you left this podcast. How you die is your own... Your own uh, no, okay. Mario Kart. I love it. Mario Party, the GameCube ones were the shit, but like I'm like I'm serious. I'm sorry, but like that that soda pop shaking game in Mario Kart 8 is the greatest thing known to man. Hey, that is the hey, Keller, funniest shit in the world. You said cart again. No, I didn't. Yeah, you told dude. I'm just going to go back in this and it's going to be like a fucking flashback. Fucking the hand drop simulator in Mario Kart 8. <laughs> God damn it. No, it's, 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 it's fucking hilarious. Oh, God, dude, you're great. <laughs> I try. No, so the one he's actually talking about is you gotta, like, shake either a paint can or a soda can by shaking the Wii remote can. up and down. And then whoever opens it and sprays it the farthest wins. I... Somebody put that game in as a joke, and they just went with it. The, whoever designed it was probably just sitting there like, are you, are you guys fucking serious? You know what? The, like, they have the exact same game in Rayman uh, Raving Rabbids 2. In fact, I think I'm that one surprised. actually came out before Mario Party 8. Teaching young boys how to be lonely and single since... <sighs> when did Mario Party 8 come out? Fucking, I don't know, <laughs> 2009 maybe? Sure. <laughs> You know, it's almost weird. It's almost weird to me, man. I'm cracking a lot. I need a drink. Nice. It's it's almost weird to me that there wasn't a number nine on the Wii. Like we only got one Mario Party game in the like ten years that the Wii was a thing. Are you sure? I could have sworn number nine was on the Wii. Oh, maybe. Positive it was. Yep. Twenty twelve. It came out March second. How did oh, eBay right. give Mario Party 9 a 4.8 out of 5? Oh, wait, because it sells. That's why. Okay, yeah, I forgot. I thought 10 was the one with cars, but I completely forgot about 9. Yeah, 10 also has cars, but... Yeah. Okay, like, still, okay, we, just, we need a just, new one on the to... Switch. It can be like 1-2 Switch with Mario characters. I don't care. Anything is better than what they're doing now. Really, really quick here. I just noticed this, and I'm going to bring it up because it's funny. Okay. Okay, so 
I don't whoever whoever does IGN seriously needs to get their head checked when it comes to some games. Okay? Mario Party 10 again, the cart one with zero competition and it's just stupid all the way around got a 6.8 on IGN. Granted that's not good by any means. That's like as average as average gets. Right. Mario Party 9 Got, I think I saw it got a 7 out of 10. Yep. Same thing. Like, just average as average gets. Mario Party 8, that we all enjoy, that has awesome mini games, although some of the boards are a little bit lackluster, got a 5.2. And you know what? I bet you anything they gave it that because it was the first one on a new console and it was using the exact same system that it was using since the first one on N64. That... Oh, 100%. You know what? After this podcast, I'm going to read through it. I bet you anything that's like their biggest argument. Little did they know the horseshit that was going to come after it. <laughs> oh, guaranteed. Mario Party 7 on GameCube got a 7 out of 10. Um, Mario Party 5 got a 7.9. Mario Party 6 got load. Dude. Load! Fucking... Mario Party 8 kind of got shit reviews across the board. Like, it's average on Metacritic yeah. 62. Uh, I'm, like, again, I'm pretty sure, like you just said, I'm pretty sure they just ripped it apart because of fucking new console. I don't know. Mario Kart not Mario, Mario, Mario Kart Now I'm really broken. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about this ever again. <laughs> Those games are now taboo. Um, Mario Party 9 and 10 are hot fucking trash. I don't care. I don't care what reviews say. I don't care what people say. 8, 8 is good. 8 is fun with friends. 9 and 10 are stupid and garbage, and they should never have been given the light of day. Oh, so, okay. The very first uh, paragraph on Mario Kart 8 I was reading there. Hey, now you got me doing it. Mario Party 8 is... uh, it feels like a rushed GameCube project with Wii uh, motion control slapped on is kind of what they were saying. Well, yeah, because it came out, I'm pretty sure, right at the beginning of the Wii's life cycle. It's not like they really fucking troubleshooted it. Yeah, 2007. That was like a year. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> yep. Yeah, Wait, what month was it? May 29, 2007. So it literally came out like f- six months after the Wii released. Yeah. So yeah, not like the motion controls were real fucking great at that point. I mean, we never had a problem with it. No, we were alright. We, Mario Party did the. I mean, you know, it did it did what it had to. We've played it as recently as like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any any other series that you never want to play again? Uh. Series, not that I can like think of off the top of my head. Okay, so can we bring Gen- it back to genres? Yeah, real quick. Yeah, sports. Fuck sports. Fuck sports so hard. You want you want to play soccer? Go the fuck outside. You want to play tennis? Go the fuck outside. You want to spend eighty dollars to literally hit one button back and forth? You're stupid. So, okay, I understand why sports games could be fun. And, you know, it's hard to write off an entire genre, but, like, I don't care about pretty much any sports, which writes out this entire fucking genre. 
if your sports game is not called NBA Jam, I don't care. Yeah, like there there are so few, so few exceptions. So like NBA Jam for sure. Like the mm-hmm. Mutant Hockey and Football League on the Genesis. Yep. Which God forbid I'll probably never find those. They're like sixty dollars now. Yeah, like obviously there are there are a few understandable exceptions. And Mario sports games and Wii sports. And Mario sports games. And like of course Mario Kart is technically a sports game because it's a driving simulator. Technically, hardly yeah. a simulator, we, but we you call know that I mean. a racing game. Perfect. No, but the two champions of sports games fucking the 2K series and the the Madden EA Sports oh, titles, those why? ones? Those ones fuck them so hard. They're still working on a fucking system which demands people to rebuy an entire fucking game every single year for the sport of their choice for something that they could do a goddamn downloadable roster update on. Do you want to know why it's mainly stupid if for anybody that's listening? If you're trying to defend sports games right now, I'm sorry, you don't have a leg to stand on. The only reason, the only single difference between fucking 2K17 and 2K18 is the player stats are a tiny bit different. Maybe there's a couple of new players in the game because they got drafted in the past year or something. There's literally no difference. Yeah. You could put them side by fucking side, not tell some random nobody which one's which, they wouldn't notice a fucking difference. Yeah. It's like, okay... I can't remember the specific one, but there was one EA Sports game, and I think it was like Madden 08 to Madden 09, where they literally, literally only changed the names in the game and re-released. Like, it was the exact same game assets for everything. It was the exact same physics engine, exact same controls, exact same layouts and menus. The names of the players changed, and that was it. You know what? There's one thing I will very openly admit, though. I have nothing but respect for the people that make those games. Well, yeah. Because they found out how to sell air to idiots. <laughs> yeah, it pisses me off. I mean, people who enjoy sports games are not going to stop buying the new ones because they want to play no. with the current characters or characters, players, and like, you know, someone gets transferred to a different team. If it's their favorite player, then they're going to want to play that different team or whatever. But like, my God. I just wish for like a single year no one bought it and then EA would be like, oh, sorry, here's, here's you know, $20 downloadable content for new faces and new names on all the players. You know what EA like or like the 2K games could easily do? Make it a monthly service. You know, I'm pretty sure they have a subscription like DLC oh, season pass. And there's, there's scumbags about it too. Like there's, there's one game, it's a soccer game, Pez or whatever. And it's like the microtransactions in that game, to my knowledge, are just garbage because like the whole thing is the draw is you can build your own team and blah, blah, blah. But it's like if you want like a good player like fucking Cristiano Ronaldo or whatever the fuck his name is, he costs insane amounts of money. So either you just have to grind the ever living piss out of it or you just drop money. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you're scum. Here, Here is but, our stupid free to play model. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But again, admittedly, it's like fucking the guys who make the games fucking bully to you because you're walking away with stupid amounts of money for literally doing nothing you know in the late 2000s there 
EA was actually voted the worst company in America for their DLC policies and how little they were doing to change the sports games year to year. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, Just trying to think. of There was another genre I had in mind. One thing I'll comment on real quick is just like one more quick bash to sports games <laughs> is why does anybody play games or read a book? It's to experience things you literally can't experience in real life. Like, I can't go over to Jukebox's house and be like, hey, come on, grab your sword. We have a dragon to slay. Okay, I have a, like, I I, have I a need... very easy counter-argument to this. <laughs> They're playing a sports game because they want to play a video game, not play a sport. And, I know, but still. And a direct counterpoint to what you're saying is you, you are not, insert player name here, therefore you cannot experience a football game like them. Oh, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, I know. Rather, you know, actually play a sport than fucking game one. You want me to piss you off real quick? No, but okay. I'm on. I'm on Wikipedia. Okay. List of video game genres. Okay. In the contents, and I quote, action platform games. Okay, so it's like the main section and then like subsections okay okay so one action then platform under under action there's platform games Mm -hmm. shooter games Mm -hmm. fighting games and beat-em-ups okay stealth games and survival games okay makes sense yes number two action adventure underneath survival horror and metroidvania under action adventure metroidvania is apparently its own video game genre according to wikipedia oh that's it that's we've known that for a long time dude why is that supposed to piss me i know i don't know i just think it's funny oh yeah um i was just trying to think relate that so adventure i guess they allude to exploration and then action if a platformer is an action game then that's an action game so i would be more comfortable or at least Oh god, that's hard because it's weird to differentiate the genres between action and action adventure. Yeah, because there's barely any games that won't just fit in both categories, you know? Mhm. So if you were to broadly say okay, there's action games, there's sport games, there's first person, no, there's shooter games. I mean, that broadly and then say Castlevania as a subgenre, sure. But, like, Castlevania is a genre unto itself. I'd like to see that and then have subcategories to come from that. (laughs) Yeah. I think we've reached a point where that is plausible. Agreed. Um, I'm not seeing any other genres that I just would not play. One genre that I just... Bullet hell shooters? Sorry? Fighters? Bullet hell shooters? Um, fighters, I'll play. The main reason I don't play fighters is just I don't have the patience to actually learn combos. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Because, in my opinion, fighting games are boring in that sense because it's like, if you want to actually have fun and be challenged and, like, play online and actually have fun with it, it's like, pick one character, learn everything. Yeah, and, like, if you want to have fun online, you have to already be good when you start online. Or else you're just going to exactly. lose literally every single match, and you're going to be like, how do I dash forward? And you're going to be dead immediately before you even figure out to tap twice or something. 
like for an example, um, if you guys haven't heard of him, uh, the completionist. Oh god. His whole thing is literally just one hundred percent games. So he Ooh. did a video on um Marvel versus Capcom three. Yeah, and he literally talks about how, like, he literally couldn't even enjoy completing the game because of how hard he had to practice. And it was literally because he had to complete arcade mode and do so much with literally every character in the game. He'd learn one character, have fun, and then immediately have to move to another character and have to learn everything again, and it just wasn't fun. It's, I like fighting games like Smash Bros, where you can literally pick up almost any character and be like, fuck it, YOLO, let's see what happens. Yeah. Because... Every button combination does the same thing for a character, but that character specifically will do something different. Yeah. But it's like, if I hit up B and I'm playing Smash, I know my character is going into the air attack-wise somehow. And, and I still love how Smash still has, you know, actual, you know, challenge to it if you want it to. Like, you can be yeah, Edge exactly. Lord Master who's, like, always hanging from the edge and literally jumping off people's heads and then, like, down special attacking them and then up special attacking to get out of there and shit and just like wrecking people or you can sit in the middle of the stage and spam a the entire time your choice <laughs> yeah anyways i think that about wraps it up unless you have anything else to comment i think that's i don't know i think that's silly <laughs> what happened like we won't yeah. go into the drama on the podcast but like if you're curious if you like the completionist if you haven't watched his like recent update video Go watch it. Yeah, it's it's very important for what is going to happen for the next, you know, even several okay. years, pretty much. Yeah. Are we done the podcast? Oh. I think so. All right, everybody. That was episode 20. I'm Jukebox Hero. I'm Calrix King. Thank you for listening. Bye. If you want to support the podcast, be sure to follow us on Twitter at games underscore podcast or Facebook at Infinity Games Podcast. If there's anything you want us to talk about, or if you want to have a conversation with us, feel free to leave a comment on YouTube. Did I get everything? Oh, yeah. I think so. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, Google Play, or on iTunes.